Hey babies, you know what time it is? That's right babies, it's time for living large and hard. Skilly bop, skilly boop, skilly diddly diddly bop. Hi there. This is Living Large and Hard, and today the topic is Mr. Annoying Motherfucker, a.k.a. The Annoying Guy, a.k.a. Double Dollar Dave. Um, This person I met at Phantoms Hockey Games. I've had season tickets since before the arena was built, actually. And um, my seats were next to this guy and Marquee Mark. And the thing with hockey is you really don't want to not watch any of hockey. There was a game that I was at where they scored, uh, the Phantom scored six six goals. They scored two goals in six seconds. And they actually scored half of six goals at a different game, three of them in 21 seconds. Now, I was not at this game. The Wookiee was at this game. And um, he texted me, oh, they scored right when the game and they, this is right when the game actually started and then they scored again he texted me again I'm like this is bullshit and I looked up on my phone I was waiting to see the John Waters Christmas special for the second time and um, when they scored the third one I'm like man this fucking better be a good show because I just missed something I'll never see again in my life and it turned out the show had a lot of repeat shit in it so I was not happy and I have subsequently not been back to see the John Waters Christmas show but I do recommend you go see the John Waters Christmas show, if you have not. So anyway, um, the, the Mr. Annoying Motherfucker sat next to me, and I also ended up staying at his place occasionally because I was renting out the mini mansion at Airbnb because I was broke as fuck, and it was the only way I could uh, make ends meet. So the first... T- people I had it set up with to stay with when my place was rented out was the Gaber and my backup plan was the Tireds. Joe and Jesse Tired who lived across the street. Gaber lived down the street. So I get my first rental almost immediately. Get a hold of Gaber. Oh no, we have people staying over for the weekend. Okay, thanks a lot. Get a hold of the Tireds. Oh no, we have people staying over. We don't have any room. Great. So I think where can I stay other than a hotel, which will fuck the whole thing because if I stay even in a shitty hotel, it's not going to bring in enough revenue renting the house out to get me out of my financial jam, whatever. So I went, oh, the annoying guy, Double Dollar Dave. There's no way in fucking hell anyone is staying with him because he's so fucking annoying. So I get a hold of him and... um we were, you know, we cut a deal. I get get to go stay there. Um, in return, I took him to All Star Weekend because it was at PPL Center, and that was basically a once in a lifetime thing because there's 32 teams so, and they rotate. So 32 years from now, and I don't think I'm going to give a fuck about hockey. And I took him to the playoffs, and I took him to see the Polyphonic Spree. So I figured it was a it was a pretty square deal. At that point until the end of the year. Uh, So let's get to Double Dollar Dave, the annoying guy, Mr. Annoying Motherfucker. First of all, there's the voice. And uh, absolutely, 
you're what you want to do. You know, one of those. And he talked about that fast. And never, ever shuts the fuck up. Ever. Uh, this episode is going to ring really true for Doof Mom, for the Wookiee, who, uh, who was there for, you know, some of this stuff. And also for my buddy, the Milkman, who we just enjoy sitting, because now a Mr. Annoying Motherfucker sits a few rows in front of us. The Milkman sits next to me. And um, so Mr. Annoying, I'm just going to call him Double Dollar Dave because it's easier. Double Dollar Dave sits down. We also call him Grinder. Uh, he sits down and to our left, so we can we have a very good perch for watching his his idiocy. So the milkman and I enjoy that every game. Um, so there's that voice, yeah, and he's one of those that does say what you want to do is no, I don't. Um, very first thing that he said to me when I introduced myself is I'm a lawyer. The fuck do I care? You know, if you're doing pro bono work on the Innocence Project, something like that, but he's just some uh, corporate compliance lawyer. So, I mean, I don't, give a, I don't give a fuck what you do. I give a fuck who you are. So, at this point, I'm already thinking, what a, what a douche. Um, also, the way he points. He points with his little finger and his pointy finger. So he, he has this gesture that's kind of like comes out from the body with those two fingers and points around with his face following the, you know, it's, oh my God. So anyway, obviously I find it annoying or else I wouldn't call him Mr. Annoying Motherfucker. This guy comes at you with so many annoyances. He's like a, he's like a decathlete of annoyance. It's just, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, Doof Mom was there. Unfortunately, well, I would do everything I could not to sit next to him. Um, she was sitting next to him one time, and he whips his phone out, and he shows her pictures of two women. And he goes, guess which one is my girlfriend? Guess which one is my girlfriend? One's black, one's white. And she's like, yeah, yeah, are you fucking serious? So obviously, he's trying to show how cool he is by having a black girlfriend. So she goes, oh, the black one. Yeah, so there's, you know, stuff like that. He also knows the answer to everything, even if he has no fucking idea. Well, yeah, of course, uh, it was two tons. Everybody knows it was two tons. No, the answer was, you know, is five tons. It's not two tons. And he would always, his rejoinder was, well, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, they have a 50-50 raffle at the Phantoms games, which I'm out like four grand on. Thanks, Phantoms. Yeah, it goes to charity, half of it anyway. Uh, well, half of the person. So all of it goes to charity that doesn't go back to the person that wins. Um, so I'm going up to buy a ticket at the kiosk, and they also have people who walk around these little gizmos, handheld gizmos. So I'm going up to buy my ticket. He decides he's going to buy a ticket. So there's the kiosk, and right next to it's Gizmo Girl. And... I'm getting mine from the kiosk. And Gizmo Girl says, I can take care of you. And he goes, no, not from that. And points with the little finger, his, you know, large nose and his pointy finger. And she looked stricken like, what the fuck did I do? And I just wanted to punch him. And then we walked. I go, what, what the fuck was that about? 
what's it matter which machine it's from? And he had some bullshit, blah, 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 answer one time, you know. But he never shuts up, ever. He never watches the game. He watches the breaks in the game. Like he'll watch the Zamboni go around, take a, take a um, break from whatever he's looking at on his phone or talking to someone and watch the Zamboni or the, the stupid little interstitials, time-wasting things they have. He will talk to the point where he sits now. He's on the aisle. And then if anyone goes with him, he gets different people. But anyway, if that person doesn't feel like hearing him talk, he will lean past that person to his left and talk to whoever's to their left and the whole game. So this person sitting to his left has his half his fucking face obscuring the game and hearing that blah, 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 endless bullshit um, at his place, which wouldn't be a bad place except he lives there. He's a hoarder. There's just stuff fucking everywhere. Um, his intention was I was going to stay on the sleep sofa in the living room. He sleeps up in a loft. And I went, no, this is way fucking creepy. Way fucking creepy. There's no way this is happening. Um, so I took the mattress off the sleep sofa and took it into what would be a bedroom if it wasn't full of shit. I mean, just boxes and piles of boxes of stuff to the point I had to rearrange things so that I could put the mattress on the fucking floor. And to get the door to close, he had a a chin-up bar that goes over the door that was used exclusively as a a clothing rack. So, you know, this guy's fantastic shape but i had to get that out of the way i had to move stuff just so i could put the fucking mattress on the floor he um he has a gar he has a recliner and next to it is a garbage can one of those like regulation size garbage cans with the flipper top you know you pop the stuff in and uh that doesn't get emptied until it's full So anyway, and he, the season tickets come in a book, a booklet. He goes and he peels back carefully when he gets the ticket scan. He, you know, the rest of us just tear the fucking things off and take them. He peels it back carefully so it doesn't get bent and has them scanned and then keeps the books and throws them in a box that he will never, ever fucking look at again. I guarantee it because I saw it was in those boxes. There are also, in the, in the living room, there were boxes of credit card offers, the ones you get unsolicited. And I said, what's this about? Can I throw this shit out? He's like, no. No, those are, I don't, I don't want my credit to get ruined. And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? I said, I throw these, I've been throwing these things away as long as I've gotten them, and my credit is great. Well, no, not yours, but I, I just I have to wait to shred them. You're talking about boxes, these goddamn things. You're talking years worth. I go, okay, explain to me. And then I'm going to, since then I won't have to work because I can figure this little, you have this figured out how someone's going to take this offer out of the garbage and somehow steal your credit and run it up. Tell me how that works. Well, you know, shut the fuck up. So, um, Kitchen table is covered with crap. Couldn't sit there. I, I carved myself a little place out against a wall. 
<laughs> next to a lamp where I could put one of the kitchen chairs and read if he wasn't around because I would try reading when he was around and it was just the endless assault. He'd have the TV on watching sports, which I don't give a fuck about. Um, that's something he always talks to me. He would talk to me endlessly about sports and make sports references. And I say, I don't care. And I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And let me say it again. I don't care. Um, so I would hide in the bedroom. Uh, I would, <laughs> I would sneak out in the morning and as quietly as possible, make my coffee and then go back in the bedroom with, with my French press in my cup and uh, lay on the floor you know and futz around on my phone and uh, he would come down the stairs and then around to go and the kitchen was kind of by the bedroom and he would stand by my door and stretch and yawn <sighs> like oh, look I'm up let's play oh Jesus Christ I swear I was like a kid with a pedophile uncle Hiding in the bedroom. Oh my God, when's he going to leave? And, uh, <laughs> I mean, thanks to the guy for putting me up. I mean, he got, it was, a, it was a square deal. He was happy with all that stuff that I got him. And then we had another deal where, because he no longer had season tickets, because he got fired for cocking off for the second job, because he knows everything. So he told his bosses at, for the second time how to do their job and he got fired for the second time so he didn't have um season tickets anymore so it was going to be i stay a night he gets a gets a game that kind of shit but it never got to that point thank fuck um i'm not going to bore you any more than i'm boring you with this with that there was a semen holes football game on seminoles florida state and he's like, now watch this, watch, watch this, watch how politically incorrect it is. And I said, yeah, I was a bartender down there. And these very nice women gave me a ticket to a game. So yes, I've seen this. Now watch this. He's going to come out on a horse. I said, I was at a fucking game and I've seen it. He's going to come out and I'll watch this and look how unpolitically. Un I was like, oh my fucking God. So I escaped. Um, he would claim that the seat that he used to have, which is, I ended up taking the seats that he vacated. He, this is the exact center seat. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's an even number of seats in this row. So that means in the middle, there's two seats that split the center. No. Standing up, you know, pointing with his nose and his pointy finger and his little finger. This is the exact center seat. This is exactly center okay whatever he would um this is uh the wookie's favorite part he would wear this sopranos hockey jersey which made absolutely no sense and yeah i don't know what do the sopranos have to do with hockey i don't recall ever seeing anything in the sopranos having to do with hockey or any ice at all except maybe in a drink And it wasn't even a cool jersey. It just said HBO for the name on the back. It didn't say like Big Pussy, you know, or Joy Walnuts or anything. So he would wear that, or he had this other one. It was an autism awareness jersey. And anyone who would mention that, there's this whole long story that always unfolded exactly the same, how he had a girlfriend, and we went to the Reading Royals, and her son had autism. 
and uh, I used to get along with him very well. I, I don't look down on the autistic, and you know, saying again, like with his black girlfriend, what a cool guy he is. Uh, so you got the whole Jersey story. If you were unfortunately enough to be around, uh, especially more than once, and uh, there's all this. I'm putting my daughter through college. I'm putting my daughter through college. This is what she going to school for. This is her dream to do to do this. I go, what? Be a hockey player? No, to work in in hockey for the Flyers. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So he would always run that story by anybody that for the slightest slightest opportunity he would take that and run with that and then his daughter does work for the phantoms and you know she's probably i don't make anything to speak of and she probably makes less than me because she hands out schedules after the game's over so there's that dream realized folks just to show you that you know dad can put you through temple for four years and then you can end up handing out schedules for minimum wage at a hockey game um so when the Gaber had the seats next to me, he would never show up. He always had shit going on, always. And if he had, so, you know, the annoying guy would ask if I had it and he'd, he'd come or he'd come with me and then he would ask about the seat and like, is he coming tonight? I'm like, I don't know. I said, he hasn't, he comes to like one in 10 games. I don't know and I really don't care. What do you think he's going to show up? pointing to the seat of course with his nose his pointy finger and his little finger I don't fucking know I don't fucking care and uh, can you tell I'm getting a little peeved he hit a building he used to drive to my house in the hood and he would get lost almost every single time and blame it on the GPS. I'm like, why do you need it? You've been here 20 times. So he was in an alley in Allentown and went to make a corner and hit a building. And then what we'd do was park in the school across the street from the mini mansion. And then we would walk to the game because it wasn't far. as a 10-minute walk. So and <laughs> every when, after he'd hit the building, then every time after he hit the building, he's trying to figure out where in the fuck he was when he hit the building. And I, uh, maybe it was here. What was here? Maybe this is where, you know, pointing. This is where I hit the, that. Maybe it was that stoop. You know? Do you know where you were? No. Does it look like it? Well, yeah. Well, is it? No. I don't think so. Well, then why don't you fucking give it up? It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, they, for um, season ticket holders, one year they gave away. I think it was a couple years. They gave away these lame-ass pint glasses. And um, I did. I definitely did not need any more lame pint glasses. I'd had. Uh, I'd sold when I sold all my drinking stuff. When I quit drinking, I I sold all the pint glasses pretty much with that pile of shit. And I also had, like everybody, I had a bunch more. I did not need the fucking pint glasses. So what's he going on about? So do you want your pint glasses? Because you had to go up and get them from uh, Phantom's representative. Do you want your pint glasses? No. I'll get them for you. I don't want them. How about your pint glasses? No. I don't want them. Next game. So do you still not want those pint glasses? No. I don't fucking want them. So what's he do? He goes up and gets them. 
just so he could have more shit. I said, oh, yeah, I know what you're doing. You want them, even though you're getting some. You want some. I'm giving you half of mine. But you want more. And I just wanted to take and fucking hurl them over the net and onto the ice. Well, I wanted to pick him up and throw him over the belt, you know, on the ice, but whatever. Um, my favorite player for quite a few seasons I called Half Pint. He's a tricky little bastard. And uh, he would do some, he'd do a lot of little um, things that if you were a real hockey fan, you would notice. And they do this fundraiser where you have pucks that are wrapped in foil and then they're all autographed and you pay for them. And if you get um, a silver autograph or whatever the fuck it was, you got to pick a hockey stick. So I'm going up there to get that because I really, I got one of the hockey sticks. Now that's cool because it's a game used stick. So it's beat up. It's got dirty tape on it, shit like that. So I'm at one end of these tables and he's at the other end. Mike, I'm busy. Mike, come here. I'm busy. Come here. So then I, I get my pockets not wanting to get a stick and I you know, you have to actually have them tell you what this who the signature is. They put their number. Sometimes you can make it out sometimes. So I go down and he goes, This is Connor this is Mrs. Connors. This is Mike. He's your husband's biggest fan. Oh, you fucking douche. I said, maybe height wise. I'm not I'm not that guy. I'm not someone's huge fan right track everything they do and all that shit i mean i go to the games whoever comes out from the tunnel below and plays that's who's playing i don't fucking follow what they did on the road any of that shit so he puts me on the spot with this woman i'm like yeah oh yeah and she said yeah literally huh biggest fan i'm like yeah i guess so and left it at that what the fuck dude why are you doing this um there's my, uh, well, now she lives out in Portland, but Dana, she would go to games occasionally. Uh, really good hockey fan, really good artist. And um, this was when he still had his own seats. And they used to have this promotion, uh, Coors, $2 Coors until the end of the second period. So he's getting up, sitting there with Dana, and he goes, do you want a beer? Pointing at me with nose, pointy finger, little finger. I go, no, you know I don't drink. Right. Well, yeah. So then he points to Dana. Nose. Pointy finger, little finger. Do you want a drink? She said, no, no, thank you. And he said, they're only $2. And I said, you are one smooth motherfucker. That is the best way to get into somebody's pants. And I actually said this, is to tell them that you're going to buy them a $2 beer. So that's where he became Double Dollar Dave because his name is Dave. Um, every time there's a sellout, which doesn't happen very often anymore because the team hasn't been doing that well, but there's a sellout, which means the seats are sold and they would announce it. And then like the, you know, tonight's attendance, 8,426, the phantoms. Thank you. And then here's double dollar Dave pointing around with his nose, finger and finger. What about all these empty seats? I said, the people aren't here. They bought them. Do you think they even give a fuck if anybody sell, uh, shows up? They paid for the seat. What do they care? There's corporate seats that people don't come to. There's people that just don't decide not to come. But every fucking time. And so now when he sits off to the left and down, 
and they have the rare sellout. You see it. You see it happen. Tonight's attendance, and you see him getting ready to wind up. You see the right hand come up. He's got the fucking fingers, and then they give the attendance, and he points to the empty seats, and you know exactly what he's saying because he says it every fucking time. And get this, his dream, if we were talking, the Wookiee was in on this one. It was when the lottery was, you know, like half a billion or three quarters of a billion or whatever. So we're talking about shit like three quarters of a billion, you know. I bought my ticket so I can talk about it. I'm not one of those that just daydreams without buying a ticket. That's my buying a ticket. I have no intention, no intention. I have no uh, belief really that I'm going to win, but at least it gives me that opportunity to dream about winning. So the Wiki and I are talking about rational things like, you know, buying 16 houses and yachts and helicopter rides and private jets. And the annoying guy, well, what I would do is open a sports complex. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you know, with batting cages and maybe a hockey rink. I was like, really? You're going to have a half billion dollars and you want to do that? What the fuck? So now he goes, um, occasionally he'll show up with an actual date, which is why Milkman and I call him Grinder, which is the gay dating app that predated Tinder, but we figure these are Tinder dates because there's, I don't know, there's no way these people know him. <laughs> there's no way they're going to show up anywhere in public with him um, knowing who he is or how he is. So, and Mary Mary enjoys these immensely too. Um, they'll come with a date and, you know, they come down with the drinks and that and then he lets her sit in there. Well, he's, he's always going to sit on the aisle, doesn't matter. The person could say, I will give you 16 blowjobs if you sit in the second seat. And there's no way he'd be able to do that because he has to be on the aisle for some fucking reason. But anyway, you can see the body language and she's trying. You know, he's going blah, 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 blah. And the hand's out pointing to this, pointing to that, blah, blah. And he always turns around and points back at me because that's where he used to sit. So at some point with a new person, he's going to turn around and point back. I'm guessing he's like, I used to sit there. And then I lost my job because I was an asshole. And now I sit here. So anyway, the dates are playing along. You can see it. They're, they're trying to make a, you know, pretend like they're listening to whatever the fuck he's going on about in that. So then the one period goes by. And then usually by the second period, they just, they just, they would like to see the game. Whether they've never been to a hockey game or they like hockey, they want to see the game and not have to turn and pretend to listen to this guy drone on about this endless bullshit. So then they're starting to like just not pay attention. And then if they last to the third period, which some of them don't, then you can see him start, the body language starts where they're turning away, leaning away. He has to lean in more <laughs> to get in their ear with his stupid fucking shit. Oh, it's so fantastic. Fucking love it. There's one that's a repeat, but she looks like... um. Kind of like an angry, she always has a sneer and she's disheveled. So she looks kind of like a, um, like a Slatington meth head or some shit. But, and she just doesn't seem to really pay attention to him. And he, I don't know, but that's the only repeat. But other than that, God, the dating reactions are fantastic. So there's been a couple times that he just pushed me to my limit. And um, I came back at him with some stuff. And you may think these are cruel, but you know what? He's so annoying, it just doesn't even bother him. There was one game 
And um, God, I think the, the Wookiee was here for this one too. And he leans over and he goes, well, I'm glad I didn't take your advice. And I said, what's that, to kill yourself or fuck yourself? And I can't remember what it was. And another time, I definitely know the Wookiee was here for this one. We all met in the parking lot. And we're heading over to PPL Center. And he says, oh, you're, you're, you're taking me a different time every way. A different, <laughs> a different way every time. And um, I say, you see that big building over there? For those of you who aren't familiar with Allentown here, we have one skyscraper. Yeah, we're a thriving metropolis. And I have read things about this one skyscraper, and I've never been able to verify the information again that I read. I, I think it was in a local paper years ago. One of the things was it was the inspiration for the Empire State Building, and it predates the Empire State Building. So that's a possibility. Um, supposedly they came up from New York City and, and saw what Allentown was doing with this building, the Pennsylvania Power and Light, we call it the PPL building. Another thing that I had read was that there was a Japanese low-budget horror movie and they couldn't afford the permits for New York City. So what they did was they came here to Allentown and shot our um, PPL building as the Empire State Building because, you know, really, who's going to know the fucking difference? So anyway, this thing sticks out because um, it's the only thing downtown. And it's 20-some stories tall. Nothing else is even close to that. So I say, you see that fucking big building over there? That's how you find your way. You know, even though you say I zig and I zag all the time, you can always find that. And I said, I know Moses had your people lost in the desert for 40 years because he's Jewish. I said, but you can probably work this out. And there was another time we were sitting at a game, and uh, he'd like it. He's gotten scruffy, and this is when he was trying to find a real job after he'd been doing temp work. He'd been, God, I forgot. I think he told me he'd filled out hundreds of applications. Gee, you know, such a dynamic um, presence in an interview. No wonder he never got hired. But so I asked. I said, well, "What are you doing? You giving up on life? Looking, looking like a fucking homeless guy or what?" He said, "Oh, it's a scruff." I said, yeah, the scruff. You don't like it. I said, no, I don't like it. Really? You don't like it? I said, look, I'm not going to fuck you either way, dude. And the seat to my left started jiggling. And that's because the Wookiee was cracking up. And then I saw the Wookiee woman lean over and ask, and then both the seats were shaking. Um, and like I said, that stuff just rolls off his back because he just doesn't care. So anyway, that's Mr. Annoying Motherfucker. Um, hopefully I've been annoying you talking about it. And that's it. Living large and hard. Follow along on SoundCloud. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can go to Micro Max Marvin on Facebook. And I put up a link. And I also have an Instagram, Living Large and Hard. So anyway, uh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I hope that wasn't too annoying. And from high above 309, Allentown, Pennsylvania, in the skybox. Until the next time.